Why Nickens? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickens is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickens is being lowered. Once a neck, always a neck. Welcome to another episode of the Nickish Podcast. I am not Mo. I'm actually Nafi, doing the hosting thing for a little bit today. Our our, our compadre actually got got uh, taken over by the beast, aka COVID. So it's just gonna be me, uh, Faiz, and we do have another special guest on our actual staff writer, first staff writer, official staff writer for Nickish. I want to say, I want to give him his due respect. But he has two pieces up on our site at nick-ish.com. Uh, we have Omar Faruqi joining us today. Omar, how you doing? What's going on? What's going on? Glad to be a special guest today. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's always not your your last appearance, obviously. I mean, you're part of the Nickish family, so it's one of many, to be sure. And uh, joining Omar and myself is obviously the name I mentioned, Faiz. What's going on, Faiz? How you been? Yo, what's up, guys? Um, don't don't mind the voice. Uh, uh, I'm fasting for Ramadan, Ramadan Kareem, and uh, just came back from Mexico, so my voice is gone. But welcome, Omar. Glad to finally meet you. Excited about this this you know future with with you, collaborations and whatnot. Likewise, likewise. Happy to be aboard. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think real quick. I think Faiz just to kind of get his uh, interviewer get into his interview bag a little bit. Wanted to kind of shoot some questions at you, just so you know, not only to introduce yourself to him, him, but like also our audience. So, yeah, go ahead, Faiz. Shoot, shoot away. I think Omar's ready. I think I'm ready. I don't, Omar. So, <laughs> I mean, how ready can you be, man? You're a Knicks fan, right? Yeah, very true. True. So, Good point. you know, to that point, like, let, let, let's get it started, like. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your Knicks fandom. Where'd you get started, and how's the how's the journey been all the way up to here? Yeah, the journey's been super depressing. Um, but uh, when <laughs> I, when I, when I started my Knicks fandom, I, I wrote a, wrote a brief bit about this in uh, my my intro on the uh, on the Knickish site. Um, it was uh, the era of Nate Robinson and, and David Lee and those guys, and um, that's pretty much when I started following basketball exclusively. Back then, I was a huge LeBron fan. That obviously took a took a huge shift after the decision, and I was just like, okay, yeah, fuck this guy. Um, but um, yeah, huge, <laughs> huge. Uh, I, I started following them so much, and you know, we had we had a lot of fan favorites back then. You know, Robinson winning the dunk contest all those years was like re- really really awesome to see. Uh, Love David Lee was really depressed when he moved to the Warriors, um, and uh, pretty much followed the Knicks after that, and have been on this ride, and and you know to to date my 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 favorite Knicks player that I've got the chance to see is Melo. I think he gets kind of kind of glossed over I think historically for his numbers and also from Knicks fans yes, but um uh that was that Preach. was that was by far my favorite era that I that I've seen so far and um yeah it continues to this day where I get to be depressed and and, and suffer with all you guys and and uh question my life decisions so that's that's, that's great I mean, so it's, it sounds like you're, <clears throat> you definitely fall under the, the mellow category, mellow stand, stay mellow category then, right? Yeah, there should be a statue of mellow outside MSG. Um, oh, no, oh I- so <laughs> you're, you're going to fit right in with Nickish. Um, I guess if I had to ask about the divisive uh, Nickish questions, how do you feel about Frank Lakina? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, uh, man, that's a tough one. So I'm, I'm on the I'm on the 
answer carefully, Omar. Yeah, I know you guys. You guys, you guys are fans. Uh, uh, I wasn't. You guys, whoa, be careful. Take that one really lightly. I'm not. Uh, he was. I'll say he didn't get his fair shake. Let's just say that. Let's let's. Okay, it sounds like it sounds like you're, you're siding with me then. Yeah, I, I he did. No, yeah, no, 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 that's not true to me, brother. <laughs> we got we got to be political um, in some of these answers, but yeah. So you said uh, with the decision, you you kind of you took sides. You you picked you took sides with the family. You picked the family, I picked the over, family. over I picked the over family. LeBron. Yeah. How'd you feel when uh, LeBron brought a chip back home to Cleveland? Were, were you still rooting for him there, or that was a that was a great story? I think that was a good moment for basketball. Um, it was it was a tough series. He came back from from three one. You you got to respect that for sure. Um, no Draymond, obviously, so we'll never know. But um, but you got you got to respect what he did there, and I think that's what pretty much catapulted him to basically number two status, right? I mean, I think he's unanimously considered number two all time. That that was a huge huge win for him. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you answered my dad's question right there. I was going to ask you if you got LeBron number one or number two, but you're just yeah. saying unanimously he's number two. What about personally? Is he your number one or? He's he's number two. I mean, MJ is the goat. There's no disputing that. Anyone that you. that disagrees is you know, they're on some kind of substance. Um, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but yeah. Six rings, no lie, right? Six rings, no lie. Six six for six, no game sevens. Like, come on. Don't lie. So um, you're coming on as you know, basically a writer, a staff writer for for, for the Nickish family. Um, can you give me some? Um, some inspirations like what what really got you into writing who are some of your favorite nba beat writers and whatnot yeah so um i've always been a huge fan of writing um i, I majored in it in college i i did um lit and econ as a double major and uh re- really love to read you guys can't really see but i got a shit ton of books behind me um pretty avid reader love to write on the side um loved uh when i when i, when I would follow and, and read a lot of sports commentators uh bill uh bill simmons he's great right he's got a way of you know infusing humor uh, into, into his like, his podcast, all, all his all his work. So that was that was one of the inspirations for me. And then um, I think I talked with Nafi about this, but Shea Serrano, I think he's he's fantastic, and that that's kind of the style that I like to like to emulate a little bit with the uh, kind of like the stream of consciousness. Whatever hits your head, you just put it down on paper, and that's kind of like how how my style has well, how I've tried to 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 you know produce a style of my own. Um, did you get a chance to read uh, Chris Herring's book, Blood Blood in the Garden? No, I haven't, but uh, but. I expect a uh, a review from me on the Nickish site. I'm I'm gonna read it and write Let's about go. it, and uh, that'll be that'll be one of the posts. So that should be that should be a fun time. Looking forward to it, man. Omar is brand new to this, but he's teasing like a professional. You see I'm, that? Teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. The business, you know, bro. You know. It, it, it took me a little time to understand that, but Omar got it. You know, he's running. You gotta, with let, it. You gotta <laughs> let the people want before you give. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, um, you got any more? CNN type questions for you, sorry. <laughs> no, I think I, I think I did the Batman interrogation scene uh, well enough. I think I think Omar passes with flying colors. He's like, he's go. like, there who's you your go. favorite president next? What's your? <laughs> <laughs> it better be okay, Barack Obama. Oh, now. don't scare me! Don't scare me! Don't scare me! It's Obama! It's Obama! No, the answer we're looking for is none, actually. None. There was that moment where Obama walks into whatever gym it was. And he takes that one shot, lefty three. It goes in, and he just walks off. And he's like, "All right, that was it." And I was just like, "This man, Listen, slow clap." Obama's got to be the one because he got the most silky jumper. Just because oh, sure. everyone else don't got for a sure. jumper doesn't count, you know. So there's an ambulance right by me. True New York, true New York, true New York. That's how you know. That's how you know I'm in Brooklyn right now. 
Listen, you got the ambulance in the back. I got loud ass Guyanese music in the back, so don't don't worry about it. Don't don't feel the duality of Queens versus Brooklyn right there. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so fellas, um Knicks have not been making us happy lately for wanting to move into the reason we're all here, why we're all clinically depressed in some way or another. Um, yeah, so we lost to the Cavs. Um, immediate takeaways from either side. I uh, want to just throw it out there. What, what's what's the first thing that comes to mind when you reflect on that loss? On the positive. Uh, I, yeah, get, get, get ahead, Vice. Uh, I was going to say um, that first half was, was, was solid. You know, we, we kept our head in the game for most, most of it, but that second half was was tough to watch, tough to swallow, man. It's like the defense just fell off a cliff, and uh, it's really disappointing because I feel like the last few games, the the Knicks actually played play have been playing really well on defense, getting themselves back into, I want to say, a top twelve defense. I don't know if that's still accurate, but um, man, seeing that defense fall off a cliff, and especially at the hands of RJ's, uh, I guess you, you could call him a rival, Darius Garland. That that was tough to watch. How about you, Omar? Yeah. What are your takeaways? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a positive spin here. Um, I, I like like what I saw from Obi. Um, I mean, he, he got some minutes. He took advantage of it. Quickly had a good game also. Um, I think uh, it's funny. Uh, Posting and Toasting has uh, has on their on their uh, headline for the game. Uh, it says, Cavs 119, Knicks 101. A forgettable game in a forgettable season. And I think that's, uh, that's pretty much where we're at. Pretty concise. Factual. <laughs> Not even gonna argue. Yeah, tough. Uh, you brought up a good point though. Just kind of, I don't know if Darius is his rival, RJ's rival, maybe the narrative-based rival. Just because we're seeing a lot of it this season, especially with how Garland's kind of shown out this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of coming into his own, blossoming as like a really damn near all-star level point guard. So I'm gonna just pose the question right now, just given the fact we saw RJ have a bad game in the, in the same game, Darius is straight up cooking us. Do you guys buy into the fact that we made a mistake taking RJ number three overall? I don't know whether we want to get into that, but just maybe briefly we could talk about it because it does seem to be a hot topic right now within the basketball, you know, Twitter sphere, online discourse, whatever you want to call it. How y'all feel? I'm still riding with RJ. You guys know me. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll, I'll take a bullet for him, but just want to see how y'all feel. You take a bullet yeah. for him? Wow. Yes. That's... Yes, bro. We was at the game last week. Listen, I was sitting listen. down for all the intros. They, uh, they didn't even say RJ's full name. They said R. I was. I shot up. Let's... You know why? You know why? I'll take, I'll take Nafi's uh, commentary literally because Clay Anthony literally took a bullet. And if that situation's happening, yeah. I'm taking the bullet for RJ. I'm not letting. I'm not letting go down like here. Clay Anthony early, bro. No I see somebody way. pull up on RJ. I was like, no, don't brighten away. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I guess uh, this is a really nuanced, like tough conversation because um, I don't necessarily don't think the Knicks. I, I, I don't think the Knicks made a mistake. I think you know, given given the draft, given everything, I, I wasn't big on Darius Garland. I get that he's a point guard, but I, I wasn't big on him. I liked RJ. I feel like he has the pedigree of of, of a player who belongs on the Knicks, but in hindsight. I definitely would take Garland over RJ just because the point guard hole has been such a tough hole for the Knicks. And the thing about Garland is he's a natural scorer. Some things that RJ doesn't have that comes to him as naturally. And he's a natural playmaker. And we saw both sides of that yesterday. Now, that's just talking in hindsight. I'm still riding with RJ. And I still believe that we can, you know, develop him. And he should be the cornerstone of of our team. But in hindsight, would it have been nice to fill that point guard role with someone who's going to be here for a while? Already got the all-star nod. You know, if you look at it, it's it's, it's tough to see that John Morant, 
uh, Zion and Garland have all got the All Star nod, and RJ's right there in the middle. But I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure his time will come, and I, I'm riding with him till then. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna side with RJ for now. Uh, I think, I think it's too early to say, you know, what's gonna happen with each. We've seen a lot of point guards. Um, come into the league, have all-star seasons, and then disappear, right? So yeah, that's a common, like, once, once you know, teams start to game plan against you and all this stuff, and a lot of talented point guards, like, for whatever reason, the, the one that comes to mind is Brandon Jennings, and I have no idea why I'm thinking about him right now, but um, uh, an example of a highly talented, you know, offensive player that just, like, fell off the face of the earth. So yeah. it's, it's, it's probably the hardest position to evaluate and find is point guard. Um, we haven't done it for the entire like time that I've watched this team. So over like 12 years or whatever it is. Um, but, um, I think, I think we gotta, we, we gotta wait to see on this one, but, uh, for now I'm, I'm, I'm riding with RJ. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I do want to say though, at least Gary's has had the advantage of like the ball being put in his hands and him just getting that chance to learn for like three years. And, yeah. Like, figure it out. That's the modern NBA, RJ right? didn't get that till this season. You know? Modern NBA is basically put it in the point guard's hand and see what happens. Like, <laughs> Exactly. I mean, and besides that, he's had some good pieces around him that, that have been helping him. I mean, Evan Mobley's in the Rookie of the Year conversation, and then Jared Allen becomes an all-star. Like, they have some good pieces around them, and, you know, it, it's beneficial for him. And it would be nice to see RJ actually run the team instead of have Randall get majority of the touches. I don't think we've seen RJ with the ball in his hands until the second half of this season post-All-Star exactly. break, and he's really flourished since then, so... Like I said, I'm still rocking with RJ, but man, would it be nice to have a point guard right now? No. I mean, I bro. think we kind of maybe we do, bro. Just because of what IQ's been doing recently, and there's there's some numbers floating out there. I don't want to butcher the stat I saw, but I think it was something along the lines of you know Kemba, who hasn't played in damn near a month, who's only playing like 36 games a season. He's played more minutes with RJ Barrett than IQ has so far, and IQ's played in double the games which is a ridiculous stat, and it kind of speaks yeah. to the coaching issue we've been whining about for a minute now. You know what I mean? Like, we have a young prospect, two young prospects that don't seem to, you know, get playing time together, and how do they, you know, how, how do you expect them to develop a chemistry that way, you know? So I do want to say I think IQ's looking like our point guard, bro, or at the very least, I wouldn't be mad if, you know, maybe we stand pat at the point guard position this summer and just kind of hand the keys to him next year, you know what I mean? I don't know. So I'm, I'm he, guessing he did have a really good game. I mean, I, the Cavs. So, so you guys don't think Alec Burks is the truth? What's what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> depend the truth. Oh, hey, Faiz. All right, I guess it's just the two of us now. For our <laughs> listeners, I think Faiz just left. I, I scared him off oh, with that comment. Now. I scared him off with yeah. that comment. Back. Oh my huh? God, man. You know, you know Ramadan and grandparents. <laughs> oh, got you. I thought you just had to process what Omar just said. We needed some time. We needed some time to. That was perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, yeah. I mean, Alex Burks, Burks at point guard. That's 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 my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, man. I love that shit. <laughs> I mean, yo, on that point, I will never forgive Tips for making me hate Alec Burks because he, he's he, he was one of my favorite a, players. I actually yeah. loved him a lot, but misuse misuse of of goods, man, like. Misuse of goods, that's a good way to put it. We like um, we've got a lot of really good role players that would do well with a championship caliber team, which we don't have. Exactly. I mean that's why I thought we would get at least like a second round pick for Burks or something. And I don't know, a huge reason is and we talked about this on the pod like a bunch of times, we're like it's so frustrating that we have to take pieces away from our team so that Tibbs won't play them. Because 
we're literally out of playoff contention and we're still starting Burks at point guard. I'm with you, Nafi. I think we should be playing IQ at the starting point guard. I'm not sure if I really need him to be the starting point guard next year, but if there's no answer for the starting point guard over the offseason, let's go for it. I, I'm, exactly. not, I'm not opposed to it at all, but it's just so frustrating. Why do why does our team have to suffer? Because Tibbs doesn't know how to use our, our players. Like, yeah. It's crazy just because like you made a good point just about kind of you have to take stuff away from tips to get them to actually do what we want i feel like the two charlotte games like the one we just had last week and then the week prior kind of exemplify that the best because in our first game against charlotte when we beat them it was the young kids and we had injuries that you know forced tips hand almost to the point of playing the ideal lineups and what happened we won against charlotte right then he has his vets back he has his quote-unquote toys back and that last that game at Charlotte, me and Omar was at. It was it was a clusterfuck because you saw IQ leading the charge in the fourth quarter, got it down to within five, I believe, and then Tibbs benched him. Why we don't know. I'm still looking for answers. But he brought Fournier back in, and then it all went to shit afterwards. So it, I don't know, man. It's it's it's, it's confounding. Yeah. That made no sense because there's been so many games where where Tibbs didn't bring Fournier in in the fourth because he's just not as he's not as effective in the fourth quarter. At least right. at least for the Knicks so I, I just didn't get it and I don't know man Tibbs, Tibbs is a, an anomaly I, I don't know what to say about this guy yeah and I, I'd also like to take this moment to apologize to all of the courtside Knicks fans who had to hear me scream <laughs> uh, my ass off when they took out Emmanuel quickly from that game. That was. Uh, I, I don't think you were the only voice there. You I may was, have been the loudest, but <laughs> I, I was definitely the loudest, and I screamed some things that I want to take back, but actually I don't want to take back. So uh, my apologies. I agree. I agree. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised you guys didn't get kicked out of MSG for good, man. <laughs> we weren't. It no. wasn't. It wasn't that crazy, but there was a lot of Heinekens flowing. There was a lot of, of feelings. We were very close in that game. Nafi is a pretty chill, like even-tempered guy, and I've never seen him so animated, so I was just like, this guy's a Knicks fan. He's a whoa, total Knicks whoa, fan. Whoa, whoa, Which Nafi do you know, man? I'm saying the last few weeks of the pod, Nafi has not been even-tempered. Uh-oh. I guess maybe in real life. Uh-oh. In I real mean, life, yeah. We, we've had some good reasons. Uh, from Tibbs to Mark Berman last week, you know how it is. You, you know you know the topics to get the blood flowing. You know what I mean? But, uh, Dude, my blood pressure just spiked, man. Don't do that to me. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, say, don't say Voldemort's name on, on the pod again. <laughs> he kind of looked like Voldemort, too. Not Yo, if like Voldemort just, I don't know, ate until he <laughs> gained uh, like died. 400 pounds. <laughs> you saw the movie Seven uh, with fucking Brad Pitt where like it was like Seven Deadly Sins and one of them was Gluttony. And gluttony. the dude was just like died because he humongously fat. <laughs> Mark That's, Berman. Uh, Mark Berman, yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Obi had a really good game against the Cavs. Um, so I guess it kind of just proves hey, you know, we have a talented eighth overall pick it seems when he gets time he can show off all the entire range of skills that he has and props to obi just because you could tell he's put in the work um shout out to his trainer as well dave zanon friend of the pod you know i just want to throw that out there elite name drop you know what i mean hey um but yeah i mean i don't know bro like i just feel like just looking at that game or just what we kind of keep repeating over and over is like the two biggest problems culprits to the season are tibbs and julius right and i feel like if we're stuck in a position where we're like stuck between a rock and a hard place and only one of them can go i think i'm leaning towards i think get randall out of here just because i want to see what obi can do getting 25 30 minutes consistently and maybe tibbs will look uh, look better as a coach by by default just by that you know what i mean but i don't know what's y'all take on that just obi in general and you know the dichotomy between 
who's got to go first, Tibbs or Randall? Just whoever wants to take that first, go ahead. If I had to, if I had to choose right now, like as of this moment, um, yeah, I, I, I would want Randall gone um, over Tibbs only because. Now, don't get me wrong; they both should absolutely leave. Uh, but um, if I had to pick and choose, it would be Randall because it, for a lot of factors, right? One of them, his body language, right? Like you hate to see the supposed leader of the team slunking, pissed off. Like, like I, I don't think this guy smiled in like like months ever. Um, ever. Maybe ever. Um, the body language is not good. I, I don't get much team camaraderie vibes from him. And, um, you know, selfishly, I'd like to see Obi get more minutes. I think the guy can legitimately you give him, you know, per 36. He'll, he'll probably average 17 and 10, um, which is which is really solid. And uh, I think that, unfortunately, the way that the offense is run right now with Randall being a de facto point forward, it just hasn't produced the same results as last year. Teams have caught on. And it's just an ineffective lineup that we've got running out there. And I, I just, I, I don't like the way that he's responded to this season. I don't like the way that he's kind of like not shown up. And I would say Randall over, over Tibbs for now should be, should be the one to go. To follow yeah, up on I mean, that before, yeah, no, go ahead, Fadis. I just want to kind of like ask Omar, just because first time I'm kind of hearing his thoughts on Randall, right? Just no, like, what do you think is the source? Because we're all been speculating, recklessly speculating what's kind of, led to randall having the season he's had what's what's your main theory right now like what what what's wrong with this dude <laughs> like i think know, some I th- people say he mean he may need a new therapist some people say he's jealous of rj i don't know like what's your take on that i think he invested in crypto and lost a bunch of money now he's just like no no I don't. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> no um yeah it, it's i think it, it it this all stems from the the playoff exit last year um i think that you know he for whatever reason has well unfairly to him he's he's put a lot on his plate a lot on his shoulders um i think that he wanted to be the man in new york i think that he was excited to do that and when it didn't quite work out there wasn't really an avenue for him to kind of you know vent that frustration and now as you come into this season um Given that, you know, teams in the playoffs last year were saying they figured him out, he can't go right, and then he didn't show up, and then now this year it's the same same issues, same problems. I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when, when you feel like you're the man and you're the shit and all of a sudden people are showing you up and you can't quite be that same guy anymore, but you know in your mind you have the talent, it's just like an internal battle right now. And so he's in a position where he's got to find ways to improve because I, I do think that in his mind – he just thinks that it's going to work out at some point. It's the same with Thibodeau, right? They have that same alpha, like, we'll figure it out, but it's about adapting and, and you know, and, and reading the room. And I just think those are skills that right now they both haven't shown that they have. Got you. So along the same lines of what we've been thinking, like stubbornness, you know? Yeah. Fais, I'll let you chime in. I think you were going to jump in earlier. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like a plethora of reasons why we which we should go for Randall instead of Tibbs, uh, like get rid of Randall instead of Tibbs. I mean, obviously, I'm agreeing with you guys. If if we had the opportunity to get rid of both, we should get rid of both. But um, the reason I want to get rid of Randall first is, you know, obviously body language, obviously in general, just like poor playing performance. Uh, he was much more prepared that first season with Tibbs. That's why he was shooting 40% from three. That's why he was just looking so good. And obviously, like you said, t- teams are more prepared for him. They have a better game plan for him, for him and stuff. But besides that, I mean, we don't gain anything from losing Tibbs, as in there's no picks, you know, there's no mm-hmm. players being added if we lose Tibbs. But if we get rid of Randall, we can obviously 
add things to our team. And he played, I think he played well enough in the second half of the season where someone's looking at him and thinking, yeah, we could still make it work. The contract is still small enough. But yeah, I mean, I think I think Obi playing those minutes would be would be fantastic, especially because uh, from a basketball point of view, Obi's just much better off the ball. Like mm-hmm. Randall is someone who did, requires the ball, takes touches away from other players, often lets the offense go into like, 12 seconds into the shot clock we have like a few seconds left and a lot of people don't understand that's why he has such high assists he's like leaving it to like five six seconds on the shot clock passing it out to someone and you have to shoot and then yeah you make the shot sometimes sometimes you don't make the shot it's like when you play nba my player on 2k and whatnot so it's 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 been frustrating but you watch obi He's he's so much more fluid. Uh, he mm. looks much more natural. Uh, seeing him play along Fournier, I feel like we've been getting the most out of Fournier as well. So you know whether it be just setting screens, wh- whatever it may be, Obi's down to do the dirty work. And like you guys said, he's been prepared. So I'd love to see more Obi minutes. But I'm also worried that we don't only have to get rid of Randall. We might have to get rid of Taj Gibson too if we want to see Obi minutes because. This guy Taj is shooting like six threes a game now, and and Tibbs isn't blowing up on the sidelines. He's like, "Yeah, man, you're 40 years old, and I want to see you shoot six threes a game." Kind of development. How do we develop Taj Gibson and Alex on the stage? By the way, for all you 2K fans out there, if you trade Randall and you get Lonzo and you get uh, Demar Derozan, we actually won a championship. So take, take maybe I should be the GM of the Knicks. I don't know. There you go. All the, all the fake GMs on Twitter have been vindicated. Like, that's, a, that's what exactly what everybody wanted over the summer. Can you imagine how much better our team would be with Lonzo right now? Like, at least Lonzo. I don't know about Demar, but yeah, yeah at, at least Lonzo. Lonzo. It would be a huge. I mean, if you, if you swap Demar for Randall and you add Lonzo, I, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you on that. But yeah, at least Lonzo for sure. He's good. But Lonzo also missed a lot of time this year. So. True. That's true. 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 Yeah frustrating to see and he's also not that pure point guard that we all like pretend that he is like he's more of one of those connector players so you gotta have other players around him like Alex Caruso and then you know Ayo DeSumo who's been like uh, like you know doing much better as even as a rookie and you know that that Bulls team they're not amazing but I feel like uh the media gave them more than they, they could chew like they're a good team but stacking them up against like these like you know contenders they, they were never a contender they, they were always a pretender, they, in yeah. my opinion. That, I think they're like two my... and eighteen versus the top eight teams in the league, which is ridiculous. Well, it's not that surprising at the same time because it's like this is their first year playing together. This is their first year, and they're, they're, they're clearly running the entire offense around Jamar Derozan. They're not even mm. focusing on Levine as much, and you know it, it was bound to happen. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll let, I'll let Bulls fans have their moment because the Knicks fans had their moment last year. I'll let I'll let the Bulls fans have their moment this year. Take the regular season dub and run away with it. That's what we did last year. I fucked the Bulls. I was very down on them going into the season. So to see them Same. crumble like this, that's vindication for me for on that topic. But uh, moving on, moving on. Um, I think we what we wanted to do is like kind of an exercise of ranking the young players. But I see right here one of the notes I had was just like, let's exclude Mitch from this exercise just because he's an impending free, oh, free agent. But I did want to bring, bring up Mitch before we shift to that topic. He had a pretty bad game against Cleveland. Um, and it brought up a lot of doubts, and especially kind of makes my whole pay Mitch agenda look pretty bad. Faiz, you were kind of like against that at first. Are you willing to flip flop this after kind of uh, what we've seen from Mitch against Cleveland? Because I think he had like what four points, one rebound at the half, and there was no Evan Mobley. I don't even think Jared Allen played. You know yeah, what I mean? No, so I didn't play. Um, I'm saying 
I'm still willing to pay Mitch. It's just I don't want to pay this guy fifteen million a year. Like that's a really big contract. Like I think I'm still there. Where if we can get, if we can like somehow pay him twelve, thirteen, that would be really ideal. I love, I love what Mitch brings to the table. Like what he doesn't bring to the table is it's really glaring. You know, he can't really dribble. He can't shoot. He can barely pass. But like you know, what he does bring to the table on in terms of offensive boards, in terms of putbacks, dunks, defense too. Probably our best defensive player. Um, I, I love all those things, but I, I just don't think I've seen enough from him to, to want to pay him $15 million. So if we can get him on a cheaper contract, I, I'm, I've always been for paying Mitch. I love the guy. I, I want to keep I want to keep the Knicks core together. It's it's fun to see our late second round pick, the guy who got drafted the same year as Kevin Knox, flourish because, yeah. you know, all these years, Knicks have been so incompetent. So that was the first sign of competence from the Knicks organization. So I want, I want to keep him, but... I, I, the brown is coming out in me, man. I'm, I'm trying to save all my money. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think twelve to fourteen range is is probably what what would be ideal, right? Um, I mean, the guy is basically your your Clint Capella, you know, your your, your pick and roll defensive player. Um, it just seems like there's games where he's not focused and he's late to you know screens. He's late on off ball defense. Uh, just seems like he's he doesn't have the, the the pure focus all the time like we need him to because there are games where he'll just go off and he'll, he'll get you know like your your 15 boards your, your your three blocks and that's that's basically what we need him to do is is you know rebound and and, and block shots and, and and be uh be a force inside uh he'll never be like a rudy gobert but i think with the right proper tutelage and training this guy is going to be a pretty solid uh hopefully you know he, he gets that rebound number up to you know double digits i know his minutes are kind of low um, but I think per 36, he'll, he'll get you those double-digit boards. He'll, he'll get you those blocks. So I think um, it's a guy I'd like to keep. I'd like to keep him. Selfishly, again, because he's homegrown, and the Knicks have a propensity to, you know, fucking overpay for players that are past their prime and injured, which is like our whole MO. So let's exactly. not do that. Yeah. He's also got like that twin telepathy with RJ. They're like the only two guys that like yeah. consistently hook up on our team. Yeah, I mean, sure. other than like IQ and Obi, you know what I mean? So... I'd rather just keep that, beat those kind of good vibes. But yeah, I don't know. Just seeing what how he played against Cleveland, I was like, "Am is who is Moses Brown?" First of all, like how is he out there doing what he's doing? Mitch, come on now, you know what I mean? Like Moses was out there running, outrunning him. I was like, "All right, I guess I guess I'm okay with this because he's from Queens." Moses Brown, you know, shout out Queens, <laughs> but not against us, bro. Look like mean, Kareem out there, man. He had a sky hook at one point, and I was. He was, he was part he was part in the seas he was doing all the miracles he he had it all exactly it was biblical if one could say it. <laughs> I mean, I, ideally if we were like a real contender or something and we could sign those like fringe players like javel mcgee i would rather fill the holes at center uh, using a player like javel mcgee who you could get for much cheaper and does all the same things that mitch does and then when he outplays his contract you're, you're feeling great about what you did but it's just really hard for me to justify 15 million because i just feel like mitch isn't going to be able to play up to that level now maybe if we sign a real point guard or maybe if iq gets more minutes and gets the most out of mitch we'll feel better about it but with this team that we have right now it's, it's really hard to see an avenue where we're going that way yeah it's definitely gonna be interesting especially with just how jericho's come on with like him getting minutes he looks like a baby mitch out there except he didn't like you know what i mean he just looks more athletic just because mitch put on that weight and mitch hasn't looked 
like the crazy freak athletic monster that he was. He hasn't looked like that in like a year and a half, I want to say. I mean, before like the season. By the way, I had so. like a, I had like an internal thought like recently, but like, is this our most athletic team like in years? Probably, yeah. Probably. Obi maybe, alone is maybe uh, that Nate more. Robinson, David Lee team might compare. I would say David Lee. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he was actually underrated. He was, he was pretty right, good right. when he first started. He's like good. You ambidextrous, you, ambidextrous. Can't forget that. You can't, you, you can't put that Stoudemire Mellow team just because they were with so many old farts. Like That's what Jason I mean. Yeah, it's, it's it's been a while since we were young, athletic. Like we, for a long time, we were slow, old, injured. Like guys punching fire extinguishers. It was not good. It was not a good scene. Yeah, Obi looks. I, I don't want to like kind of jinx him, but he just looks special out there athletically. Like this, it's crazy how like he's, he's on there with yeah. like the top one percent athletes in the world, like other NBA players, and he still like outruns them like a cheetah. You know what I mean? Or like he'll do these moves that are just like it's like he's moving in slow motion. You know what I mean? Like I don't know, he's a freak of nature. Um, that kind of that's kind of a good segue into this exercise, and I guess we could call it for today. Um, since you know our dearly departed brother Mo is not here. Uh, he's not. He didn't actually die yet. No, I'm kidding. Yikes! 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 <laughs> Nafi's is dark today. Not Nafi's taking bullets, wishing like I don't know what he's doing. He's out here, bro. I feel him. His partner's not here. Mo's not here. We're not enough. So you know what I mean? Like, it's like an emptiness right now. It's, you know what I mean? It's supposed to be a family reunion. We don't got the. We don't got the matriarch now. When I hopped on the Zoom and Mo wasn't there, my heart dropped too. So don't. He, he saw my face, saw no Mo. He was like, oh, shit, it's going to be a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I think, we, I think we've handled it well thus far. Maybe we got to kick Mo off the... Pl- nah, just, nah, <laughs> nah, we went our substitute gosh, teacher back. Yeah, we just, he just did good enough with the lesson plan he left us. You know what I mean? All right, fellas. Let's say we want to rank our young players. Let's exclude Mitch. Obviously, he's got his free agency situation. And by young, I mean, just for our listeners, let's say anybody... 24 and younger so that would be you know the kids we got basically everybody we drafted from 2019 until now let's rank them um who wants to go first who wants to i think we should start with a bank like a a bank of players that we can go by so it's okay ob rj i'm putting rj in there ob rj iq grimes deuce who else Rams, Deuce. Do you want to count rokus he's overseas Nah, i I don't think nick (laughs) sims enough sims Sims. Sims, oh, yeah. Sims, yeah. So OB, IQ, RJ, Sims, uh, Deuce. Cam? Why does it feel like we're missing somebody? Grimes. Cam Reddish? Oh, Cam. Uh, yes, yep, Cam. Cam. Oh, yeah. You guys, are, you guys are forgetting who would be my number one pick in this ranking. Excluding Taj Gibson. My boy Ryan. My boy Ryan. Or, 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 oh, see, uh, <laughs> Can't use his name, Ryan Arceyabadabadab. He's got it. He's got the goods, man. No. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure there's no one else because I don't want I don't want some random Knicks fan hitting me up like, yo, how come you didn't mention uh, what was the name? Luca? Remember we had that Luca on our team? He's like, Valdosa? Oh, or the other Valdosa. Luca? How come you didn't mention him or something? Nah, he's, he's not on the team. Dude. He's somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think, I think we got it. I think, I think that's. that's yeah, I, I, I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. I mean, I put the list in our chat or low key. I'm looking at it. This might actually be my ranking, but uh, <laughs> I guess I could go. I mean, you know, y'all know me. I got RJ number one. Two. You know what? I might actually put Cam at two, just because Ooh. you know we didn't see him much, but what we saw, bro, it's 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 tantalizing the kind of flashes he's shown mm. in terms of like we're ranking in terms of potential moving forward, and I guess likelihood to achieve that potential. 
I think Cam with the whole like full off season in our developmental program, playing with RJ, he's gonna look crazy next season. And then I'll put OB at three, IQ at four, Grimes, Deuce, Jericho. That's my list. Thoughts? Comments? Um, no. How about, how about we go with Omar's list? How about we do the lists first and then there you we'll go. Do the... Uh okay. I got RJ one. I got OB two. I got based off potential. I got Cam three. I got IQ four, and then we'll we'll, we'll stick with the Grimes Deuce Jericho. Sheesh, I think I, I might have the controversial. Um, I never thought I'd oh, have the controversial. Am I am I the drama? Am I the drama? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, okay, definitely go with RJ first. That's that's undisputed. And then Deuce and Sims are going to go at the end. I feel like all, all three of us agreed on that. But uh, in between, I got IQ second. I really mm. like the potential we got from IQ. He's been rebounding a lot, uh, assisting at a high level. So I got him second. I feel like he like the thing that he did with his season this year, like turn, turning it around, yeah. great job. Uh, third, I got Cam, just because I think Cam, he has the potential to be like, like maybe half of what Paul George's, which is amazing. That's still really amazing as a player. So love what we're seeing from Cam. And then uh, fourth, I have to put Grimes just because I think Grimes could be an NBA starter on a lot of teams. He's shooting at a high level, defending at, I, I mean, like for low level NBA teams, not like Lakers mm-hmm. and stuff, but like, you know, you talk about like a team like the Wizards or the Knicks, Pacers. I feel like he could do both defending and he could shoot in, in a multitude of ways. So I got Grimes. I got Obi just just a little lower just because I like what I see from Obi, but sometimes he looks so lost on defense for a mm. year or two NBA player. It's it's I need to see a little bit more. And th- that does come from not seeing him much on the floor as opposed to seeing Grimes on the floor much more and seeing that he could contribute real quick. So I feel like that's why I got the controversial take, but I wouldn't really be opposed to bumping Obi up. Like it's not like I'm dying on a hill, but I feel like RJ, RJ and IQ, I feel like I would die on that hill. I, I would put yeah, RJ and IQ one and two. That's a major discrepancy as soon as we hit two. I like that. Our list, we've got yeah. a two different number twos or three different number twos. So I guess, so you got IQ number two. I'm not mad at it, but I just feel like RJ's, not RJ, IQ's kind of his archetype, that kind of like that scoring combo guard at its peak level. I don't think that's as valuable as what Cam could be at his peak level as far as like a two-way wing that could play like the shooting guard, small forward, power forward even, because Cam's like 6'10". And I'm telling you, bro, it's like, there's there's a way to describe it if you play ball and you see a dude move with the the ball, just the fluidity Cam has. We haven't seen that. Like, we were just kind of talking, right? When's the last time we had athleticism like this? I've never seen a guy with that kind of twitchy, fluid athleticism on the Knicks, like, probably ever. Yeah. Um, and I think we have two of them now, Obi and Cam. They kind he's of both have key. to fit in that same bucket, you know? He's low-key a defensive menace, too. Exactly. Like, he was, it was crazy, like, ironically enough, he gets kind of, like, his reputation gets beat up because he doesn't really have, like, the hustle, grit mentality. But that's kind of why he's out for the season now. He just tore his shoulder on a hustle play, so... Um, but if that's become consistent and, you know, like, like you were saying, he's a menace defensively. Cause like, it's like, you could tell on every play, if the pass is lazy enough, he'll get a deflection. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's crazy. So I just think that two way potential, if he kept, keeps his head on straight and I feel like he will just because his boy RJ, you know, is riding with him now. I don't know. That's why I put him above IQ is just kind of like that positional value, but I'm not mad at IQ, uh, being number two on your list. What's your, I, I what's guess... your takeaway? What's a, I mean, I was going to throw it a, 
Omar, yeah, no, go for it. You just kind of be the tiebreaker between IQ and Cam. I know Omar has OB too, right? Or yeah, I, I had OB after, but um, yeah, I, I I get your point. Um, I think that in my mind, IQ ceiling is six man of the year. Like not necessarily like you know. Uh, I I don't think he's starting caliber, you know, material yet. Mm. But I, I do see him as potential six man. That's kind of like my ceiling. But I agree with uh, with Nafi that um, if we're talking about you know the guys w- when we discuss um, Cam Reddish, his size, his versatility, his ability to shoot jump shots, with that skill set alone, just his body type, the potential is is a lot higher. So I think um, I think yeah, Cam Reddish has has probably the higher ceiling of the two. But uh, I mean, I love IQ, man. That's that's my guy. He comes in off the bench, and we, he, it's, we just <laughs> smile comes on my face. We should do this exact list again, but let's just rank most handsome. So I'll, I'll start off, and no, no, I'm just joking. Um, but RJ, no, <laughs> <laughs> he's tripping, he's tripping low key. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, to your guys' point, if if, we, if you asked me the same exercise, like maybe like halfway through the season, I probably would have had IQ way lower on the list. But seeing the second half of the season, I feel like Turn we're around, really yeah. limiting him at that six man role because, like, yo, he's rebounding, he's passing the ball. Mm. Like, I really feel like Fair IQ point. could be a starting point guard type of player. So that's the only reason, I, in terms of potential, I have him higher. But definitely could see why you guys have Cam. Because, like you said, physical tool-wise, like what he has shown on the game, Cam is, is, is much smarter. And, I mean, you know, shout-out to both of them because both of their shot selections have gotten much, much better yeah. in general yeah. as well. Yeah. So I love this, I love this exercise because, hey, man, you pick who you want. They're all on our team. So I get to have fun watching them, you know? Yeah, right? Like, it's, a, it's actually something fun to do. Who knew you could have fun rooting from the Knicks? But um, I did want to touch on this just because there seems to be a wide discrepancy or gap between, you know, Omar's ranking of OB and your ranking of OB. Because I think Omar had him in two. You had, uh, you had him five. So I, I had guess. him third. Yeah, third to last. Omar, what, what, what are you seeing with Obi that uh, Faiz isn't necessarily seeing? Or maybe he's, you guys are seeing the same things. It's just like, you know, you kind of value different things. But what's the thought process there? Yeah, so in my mind, you can – I mean, defense is a thing that can be taught, right? So I think that he'll improve. I know that that was Faiz's major gripe with, with Obi's game is the lack of defensive awareness sometimes, which is definitely valid. But, um, yeah, I mentioned this earlier. I think OB's the kind of guy where in a pick-and-roll-led system, he'll average 17 and 10. Um, I think uh, I think maybe even higher. Uh, his athleticism, it makes him extremely unique. He finishes at the rim very creatively. And he's, he's a fast-break option, which is, like, what we need in, in a transition-heavy game. So I think that his style of play is conducive to success in the league. And, I mean, underrated jump shooter, right? So, like, I know he's not hitting him at a high clip, but he does have the ability to shoot the three ball so he can extend Much the range. Recently. Yeah, so yeah. I think, um, yeah, that was just, like, all those factors led, led to, to my decision to put him two. But um, I can understand the, the gripe about his defensive awareness for sure. It, it's definitely a major flaw. Come on, I'm being too civil now. I want, I want like, a cat fight. Faiz, you're fucking wrong, man. You're fucking wrong. <laughs> Listen, Tom Thibodeau told me that Obi Toppin doesn't deserve... Now, so the only reason I think I value Grimes, Grimes a little bit higher than Obi right now, and that, that's the main reason that Obi's a little lower for me, is because I feel like I value the wing position a lot. Grimes is a mm. player that could be plug and play into any offense. True. I feel like he could be a Mikhail Bridges type of player, which is clearly really valuable. And 
Um, I feel like if we got to see more of Obi as he played in college, maybe I would be able to value him more. But it's tough to see a player that you kind of have to build your offense around him and you have to pick players based on that. So that's the only reason I, I value Grimes a little bit more, just because like I feel like I like the idea that I could throw Grimes into any team right now and he'd be mm. very valuable. So yeah. in terms of also trading, trade pieces-wise, Grimes, I feel like, would bring a little bit more value back than Obi. So it's possible that we see more minutes from Obi and he, he changes the narrative on that. And again, that's why I love this exercise because I feel like every I feel like every week this will change because that's the whole point of young Almost. players. Except it's for number one. Except for number yeah, one. Yeah, you know, it's except for number respectful. one. Except for RJ. But... I feel like, you know, every week these players, like, I feel like you, you could make the argument Deuce should be higher. Like, you know, Deuce, mm, Deuce yeah. is a defensive menace as well. And when he really has it clicking on offense, he really has it clicking. So it feels like every week these these players can change. So uh, I feel like that's why this argument hasn't turned into an argument because it's like we all love these guys. So yeah. it's like, I see your point. I, I get where you're coming from. Like, I, I almost think, like, definitely. when we're talking about ranking these young guys, I, I almost think an objective, like, like a non-Knicks fan would definitely give us a lot more insight because, I mean, yeah. granted, we do watch them every every game, right? So, so we know what they're bringing to the table, but I'm sure objective fans would see things that maybe we don't quite catch because got, we've got the rose-colored glasses on and, you know, uh, to us, all these guys have unlimited potential. It's just, it's just a matter of... You know, I mean, Grimes, that's Clay Thompson. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I definitely see Fizer's point. Like, Grimes, he definitely has, I feel like, a higher floor than Obi. I just feel like Obi's, like, ceiling, his upside yeah. is just more tantalizing because, yeah. like, Omar called it out. He's, he's an underrated shooter now, but, like, that jump shot, I feel like, is a key to him, like, becoming a destroyer of worlds because, like, if he gets to a point where he's, like, shooting 35% on high volume from three – and defenses have to close out on him. We already know he has the athleticism and speed to get by anybody now without a consistent jumper. Now I'm thinking, how's that going to look when, like, his handle gets a little better, his jumper is respected, and, oh, yeah, he's still a freak of nature. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I might even just put Obi number two now that I talk myself into it. But, oh, I don't know. Look, look, I what, I, look what I did here. Look what I did. That's a sign of a good writer and a, you know, <laughs> a podcaster. Why are you changing I opinions, like, changing um, minds? At Obi's best, he could definitely be the the key piece to a whole team to, to like, like, like we said, like mm. you could build your whole team around him, but at Grimes is best. He's just a role player. I get that. Like at his best, he, he's not going to be someone you want to build your whole offense around. I guess at the end of the day, I just value a player like that. Cause it's like, it's valuable around the league, you know, because you're not really looking for potential. You just know what he is. Mm. And I think Nafi made the best point. Grimes definitely has a higher floor. Obi has a much higher ceiling. And I guess, I, my list is kind of confusing because I feel like Cam has a higher ceiling too, but his floor is pretty high. So I guess maybe that's why I have Cam. Cam is like what Grimes and Ob is kind of together. So like I yeah. guess that's why I have Cam higher. And yeah. is it is is, nice. is it is it fair to say like a like an Ob in his prime NBA comparison would be like Blake Griffin in his prime? Mm, I do kind of like that. Blake while, was low key while Blake underrated. Griffin could shoot, like, while he could shoot, Blake yeah. Griffin, yeah, he got the shot at the end and stuff. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I dig it. I dig it. I like it. All right. All right. Enough of this positivity. Playing Orlando Magic left or next. How bad are we going to lose this one, fellas? Uh, uh, what, what are we talking? Jesus Christ. <laughs> let, 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 let's rank it based off of what I'm going to drink uh, while I'm watching the game. So There you go. Um, there you go. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like this is a Hennessy kind of game or, or just a really top shelf whiskey, yeah. you know, super law, super depressing. I'm, I'm going to give it the Omar Jack Daniels uh, stamp of approval for depression. So what, uh, what do you got? Got gotcha. you. 
Um, I think the only thing I could drink tonight is Ruafza anyway, because I'm fasting. So <laughs> I don't think I could get into the the, 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 the strong liquor cabinet. But I actually think we're going to win this game. Um, you know, I, I, I went to the Magic game that we lost, the first Magic loss of the season. Oh, and ooh, wow. I really feel like that, that was when we were still figuring out our offense with Kemba, Fournier, and whatnot. And... I know the Magic team has like some nice talent, like what Franz, Franz Wagner, Franz and Cole Anthony. Cole He's Anthony, a good player, yeah. but Jalen Suggs has been ass all year. Let's say it how how it is. He's been ass, and I feel like our young guys they're gonna be able to take advantage of, of this Magic team now. That those might be you know dying words, but but um, I think I think the Knicks show up. I think the Knicks show up today. Okay. Especially after the tough Cavs loss, I think they show up today. Yeah, they have a habit of like at least I'll give. God, I, I don't I don't want to keep Tiz, but I'm just about to give him some more credit right now. They have a habit of just like when they have an ugly loss, they do come back the next game and at least put up like a more respectable effort. I'll give Tibbs some credit for that. That's preparation. You know what I mean? Felt nasty to say it, but yeah, props to Tibbs, I guess. Um, all right. I think that about does it for today's episode. Um, I know Mo's going to be mad if I don't do this. We got to pay some bills right now. But yeah, check out our hoodies on nickish.com. Uh, selling like hotcakes. Um, we still got a, a good bit of sizes available, and um, yeah, support, support as uh, as always. Give us a five star review, Spotify, Apple. I think SoundCloud has a rating system. They probably got like a like button there. Go go hit that shit too. And um, yeah, stay tuned for uh, big things coming from Nick Hitch. Um, You know, twenty twenty two feels like it's been a good year for us, and it's gonna continue to be. You know, knock on wood. Not gonna pull no Nick shit here. None of us is gonna turn to Randall, aka turn into a pumpkin. Hopefully not. All right. Peace. Peace. Thanks for having me, guys.